Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Friends with Friends. Dave and Frey, we are back to the condensed version of the theme tune this week. How do you feel? Oh, so that was a one-off, was it? Yeah, yeah, I hope people enjoyed it, though. Um, well, yeah, you what know, about difference. using the longer version, but just underneath our talking, you know? Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. Could do that, couldn't we? Could do that. If you really wanted to, Pete, if you really wanted to showcase me. Not a speedier process for me to edit, that is. So, um, yeah, that's true. That's I'll see true. how I feel. Well, I don't know. Be honest, I don't know what version of the the theme tune you ended up getting because I had it in after. So God knows, I could have played you some completely different music. Just the theme tune to Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, yeah. which weirdly is the next sitcom I could think of. Bizarrely, even though I don't think I've ever seen an episode of it. Me neither. What's it about? The Third Rock from the Sun, which no, is Earth. Pete Earth. Yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> I got nothing more for you. Sorry. Um, uh, this, okay, is well, not enough, this is not a podcast about Third Rock from the Sun, though. You'll be all pleased to know, I'm sure. Um, um, so no, you friends. know what I've also not done? You haven't sent me the request, have you? <laughs> no, because it is... But do you know what? While I find it, why don't you mention the person who said, hey, this is also my request? Well, I will, and that's Danny. And Danny says, yeah, yeah, I requested this one too. Could I have a cheeky mention as well? Uh, you've had a mention, Danny. I don't know how cheeky it was. How do I make it cheekier? Hey, hey, Danny. Is that cheeky or is that just No, cheeky, I think, has got to involve some sort of innuendo. Okay. I don't know how comfortable I am with that, frankly. Sort of when it's so deliberate, you know? Anyway, Alice requested the episode. <laughs> Hi, Dave and Pete. I'm going to choose one of the lesser requested seasons and go for the one with a paediatrician. It's by no means my favourite, but it's the first introduction of, brackets, the best character, Mike. The Him and Joey beginning to know each other. I the know. best character. We'll dig into that shortly, won't we? We'll dig into that, Alice. Uh, him and Joey pretending to know each other and Joey getting confused about how many sisters he has is so funny. I also love when Rachel's prank calling Dr. Wiener. My friends and I quote this bit all the time. Love the pod, etc., etc. Many thanks. Alice in Brighton. Hello, Brighton. Good evening, Brighton. I love Brighton. Brighton's great. I love Brighton. Brighton is great, isn't it? Yeah, well done, Brighton. Just well done, Brighton, for being yeah. Brighton. You know? That's what I'd say to Brian. Uh, would you like, Peter, what some might call a synopsis? Yeah, go for it. 
Uh, season nine, episode three, one seven five two five four. Yeah, I'm quite That's keen right, on isn't that. It? Yeah, not terrible. Uh, Monica is offered a great job in New York City, and Chandler, unable to get out of moving to Tulsa, is forced to commute back and forth between the two cities. Phoebe and Joey set each other up on blind dates. Joey finds a complete stranger named Mike for Phoebe's date. Uh, first appearance of Paul Rudd as Mike Hannigan. Uh, Rachel's pediatrician, meanwhile, Dr. Weiner drops her due to obsessive phone calls. She then takes Emma to Dr. Gettleman, Ross and Monica's pediatrician, uh, but learns that Ross is still his patient. Where, Peter, wouldst thou like to begin? Can we get the Tulsa bit? Uh, can we get that done? Because I just feel like the Tulsa bit's all just a bit of a... Do we know why that happened? Because it do doesn't feel like narratively it's that... It's it's a weird thing for them to throw in narratively. Was there some sort of reason why Matthew Perry oh, needed to why, be away or something? Yes, Matthew Perry was filming, I believe, the whole nine or the whole ten yards. I see. Uh, one of the films with Bruce Willis uh, uh, it was around this time, therefore he had to be elsewhere. Yeah, it, yeah, I know what you mean. It's just a bit of a, like, we need to get rid of Chandler for a bit. Um, yeah. It's a conf- slightly confusing solution they came up with, wasn't it? Just send him to Tulsa. It just feels a little bit like a distraction from something. Yes, yes. And that narratively you don't really get much out of it in terms of Chandler and Monica, but that's... That explains it if it was literally because of something practical rather than... Yes, it was logistics, I think, I believe, rather than anything sort of narratively. Um, But often these things are, aren't they? I don't think they would have just sent one of the six friends away for no real... You know, it's such a weird thing to do to a a sort of an ensemble show like that, isn't it? For no reason. Um, So anyway, Chandler... I mean, the problem with it is, poor Chandler. He's off to Tulsa and everyone's sad to see Monica go. (laughs) Yeah, they don't give a fuck about him disappearing, do they? They couldn't give less than two shits, no. They're probably just thinking, oh, a little breather from the old relentless comedy in inverted commas. And even when there's that comment about, uh, oh, you're the glue that holds the group together, and Chandler goes, really? And then I think, is it Rachel that goes, not you? No, Ross, yeah, he just goes, Ross, yeah. It's it's such a, uh, what's the word... Ridiculous notion <laughs> that Chandler yeah. would be the glue. He's so dismissive, isn't he, and cutting. Um, and in fairness to Chandler, I, I did think actually before Monica decided to stay on her own, I think it was nice of him to uh, try and ensure that Monica could stay without him, wasn't it? Oh yeah, and also she completely dicks him around in this episode because at one point she's like, "No, I of course I'm coming. I'm absolutely yeah. coming. I've got to." Then all of a sudden, it's don't be silly. Um, I can't possibly say no to this job. And then it's just it's just something I gotta do. It does seem a bit weird that even from the start they they didn't just think, right, how can we make this like work real? I mean, do you know what, Pete? In the modern day and age, this would be a piece of piss, wouldn't it? Chandler would be like, yeah. I'm gonna work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like we all do, Monday, Friday from home. So really you'd only be away for two nights and then boom, easy breezy. He could probably even negotiate a third day working from home, I would suggest, and spend two days in Tulsa. That'd be easy breezy. I've used the phrase easy breezy a bit a bit much there. Sorry, what are you going to say, Peter? <laughs> it's, it's okay. <laughs> easy breezy. You're trying to make easy... Stop trying to make easy breezy happen. <laughs> easy breezy. Uh, it, I also want to point out that when I was typing Tulsa in my notes, autocorrect kept changing it to Talisa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyone outside okay, probably doesn't know who Talisa is. Talisa was a member of a three-part... What genre would you say? <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was going to give them 
quite a bit of sort of artistic credit and go for sort of I don't know R and B or something. But it's yeah, R&B, sort of pop R and B with little hip poppy bits. There's everything in there, isn't there? With end dubs, frankly. Yeah, nothing wrong with pop. I'm obviously not being a pop snob. I love a bit of pop. No, no, no. I know, I know what you mean. It's hard to it's hard to pigeonhole end dubs, isn't it? Should we, it, <laughs> Should we see what on the internet says about Endubs? Remember their recent tour when it just descended into chaos? I'll tell you what, Endubs are an English hip-hop trio from Camden, according are they? to uh, okay, Google. Okay, hip-hop. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure, that's, not sure the credibility quite stretches that far. Anyway, I'll tell you what, Pete, for one of the upcoming episodes, uh, Tulsa sex tape, autocorrect, will actually work quite well with the, with the sharks. <laughs> That's true. I remember somebody watching that sex tape, and of course, we do not condone the uh, leaking of sex tapes. That is, uh, all sex shaming. <laughs> we, we got here very quickly and strangely, didn't we? I, I just, I just want to say that that's, of course, no, of course, that was all very wrong. Yeah. But I remember someone referring to the technique of um, what was on display in that video as uh, lizard tonguing. And that's something I've always remembered. I think we'll leave that there and move swiftly back to the television show Friends, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> well, if we have to. Uh, Chandler starts looking for jobs for Monica, doesn't he? He, he's like, he is putting in a lot of effort here. He first tries to arrange her so she can stay. Then he tries to really find her a job to make her happy. He is like, for once, fully on Chandler's side here. He's, he's putting in all the right effort, isn't he? He is, yeah. He sat there searching different restaurants, and uh, oh, you know the um, the restaurant recruiter that that Monica rings to yeah. attempt to find a restaurant in Tulsa. The headhunter. The headhunter. That uh, headhunter is shit because yes, I- she's <laughs> she's only told Monica that this apparently incredibly reputable restaurant in uh, New York wants her because because she happened to ring her. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I was thinking that. But Hedinter just sits at home going, I imagine at some point she's probably going to think about moving to Tulsa. So when she does think about that, uh, she'll ring me. I'll tell her. That'll be a nice surprise. Yeah, know, real flaw and the absolute <laughs> basics of headhunting, I think, to just let let the head hunt you. It doesn't really work, does it? No, I thought that. It's a very poor business model from the headhunter. But... And Monica goes, Monica goes, they asked for me directly? Well, yeah, no one fucking told you. Yeah, wouldn't she just be like, when When did this happen? And why is this <laughs> why, the first I'm hearing about Why am I just about hearing it? about this? Yeah, yeah exactly. Christ. Um, anyway, Monica blabbers her way back into staying, doesn't she? She sort of does the, what does Chandler call it? Chattering like a monkey thing. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, it feels like a quick and easy solution to the whole thing in the end, doesn't it? They're just having almost got rid of <laughs> one third of the entire cast of the show. They've now just sort of palmed off Chandler in the way that they obviously intended to do in the first place and everything um, is sort of back to normal, I guess. And Monica stays in the apartment and you don't really notice it. How many scenes are there in Tulsa over the next few episodes? About 10. Yeah, and they're just in generic offices and hotel rooms. Doesn't make much of a difference to our lives, does it, as friends watchers? Also, do you think it's a coincidence that the one point at which Chandler uh, disappears for a little bit to go and do some film... um, is the same point at which Mike comes in. Oh, uh, what do you think they were? I just, I don't know. Maybe it was an opportunity to sort of, I don't know, fill a gap with someone. Expand you know. the cast. Yeah, well, I guess yeah. actually that probably is, that, that, there is definitely a, a sound sort of production thing behind that, isn't there? Of them going, well, we usually pair everyone off for these plot lines. So we need a, a sixth person. I hadn't ever thought of that before, but I imagine Peter 
That's exactly right. Oh, well, I, tr- I try my best. Well, and you've tried and succeeded your best, I'd suggest. Well done. Congratulations to you. You've brought some new, fresh insight into my brain. And for that, <laughs> I thank you. Uh, the final thing about this plotline is I really love when Phoebe just can't be fucked with the sentimental goodbyes and punches yeah, shoves him out the door. Out that of is his, great. Out of his own door. Yeah. <laughs> there is something about the older I get, <laughs> the less I can be fucked with, like, just everyone hugging to say goodbye, especially from a group of people that are probably going to see each other the next day or the next week. Do you know what I mean? This is why I remain a big advocate of the, is it French exit? Yeah, French or Irish, depending on what sort of racist you are. Right? <laughs> is that? It's not. Hang on. No, no. Well, it's it's it's. David, it's, uh, I'm briefly worried. I'd just been. Uh, I'd just been racist. I don't think no, I have. No, no, have no, no, I? no, 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 no. Irish people call it an Irish exit. To be fair, okay, it's absolutely good. fine. Yeah. Good. Um, no, but it's it's attributed to either the French or the Irish. You know, it's it's maybe negative stereotyping rather than okay. Xenophobia. Oh no! In this case, I fully admire it. I I love that form of exit. Oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely. It's the older I get, the more I do it. The the more thrilling it is as well. Just to be like, I'm going now. All the best. Yeah. Um. And and now when I arrive at places, I think about where to say put my coat, so I don't have to make a fuss about getting my coat to leave. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Leave it at Ta- the back of the sort room. Sort of tactical rudeness. Well, not rudeness, because I don't think it's rude. I think it's beneficial. But Yeah, correct. Like, if you if you arrive at a bar, say, and it's someone's birthday, if you took your coat on, like, the, you know, there's usually a table, and then there's, like, maybe the bench behind the table. Everyone's took the coat, and it's under a big pile. You took it on there, you're fucked, because you can't do an Irish exit, can you? You have to rummage through all the coats. But if you just leave it a couple of, couple of tables over or a bit nearer the door, absolutely fine. Slip it out, away you go. Home Pardon? you go. Right. Yes, I did say slip it out, and it wasn't in that context. Stop being a filthy pervert, Peter, and play a sting. Talking about being a filthy pervert, wiener! Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> to be fair to Joey, Pete, it is a very funny name. It is, it is. It did, and But when... When Phoebe sort of lists those, is it Sandy Poopak is one of them? <laughs> it just gets, it gets so absurd, doesn't it, the name? I don't like that bit. And, and I know it's funny, and I actually weirdly referenced Sandy Poopak uh, today as I was In leaving the beach. Well, I was leaving the beach house, and we were sort of cleaning up, and I was there for my sister's birthday, and my sister said, God, it's this, this, this porch is even sandy. I can't, no, she said it's more sandy than I remember. And I just said Sandy Poopak. Nice. <laughs> Did you know already watch this episode by yes, then? Yes, I had. I had. Okay, I watched it last okay, night fine. in preparation. Yeah, no, I, was, I don't think I was that quick to recall Sandy Poopak. I was just thinking that. But um, aside from it being useful when you're at the beach, uh, I don't think this scene is particular. It feels a bit lazy <laughs> that Phoebe suddenly has multiple friends with sexually hilarious names. Yeah, and uh, I mean, why is Sandy Poopak a sexual name? Oh, no, not so. Um, <laughs> you know what I, like I mean. I should 
clock that. Uh, yeah, it just feels a little bit lazy, as you say, because it is just listing very sort of juvenile funny names, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, like they were a beat away from going, Tits McGee, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, it's yeah. like absolutely ridiculous. Um, but Wiener, Dr. Wiener, funny name. And I do enjoy, as Alice, who requested the episode, did, the Rachel prank call and that image of Jennifer Aniston just going, Wiener, is an enduring one. And certainly the only way I say the word Wiener these days, not that I say it very often, but when I do say it, it is a la Aniston. I don't think I ever say the word Wiener. Uh, No, it's more actually just for for genuine sort of hot dog based reasons, you know? Would you like, do you you think to yourself, oh, I could murder a Wiener tonight? No, no, but sometimes you'd be at a stall where that'll be how it's uh, listed on the menu, you know? Right, okay. So you'd be like, I want the jumbo wiener or whatever. There you go. (laughs) Cool. Sandy Poopette. Anyway, Rachel's back to the back to the plot line. Rachel's very worried about, um, frankly, every little thing that her child is doing. Which actually, Pete, on first watch, didn't get. Having now had, and this is going to be controversial, and I don't want to say having a dog's like having a child because parents (laughs) do not agree with that. (laughs) But the sentiment is the same. Having a like when I first got my dog, every time he like coughed or sneezed, I was like, "Fuck, what's wrong with him?" And like that, because you just don't know, do you? I just I I hadn't had a dog in the same way Rachel hasn't had a baby, and like you do panic. You're like, "Oh, I've killed them. I've killed the fucking thing already." Yeah, you all of a sudden have more sort of uh you're more sensitive to yeah. something's health and well-being aren't you 100 percent. and now frankly if my dog like vomits i'm just like ah, i'll be all right tomorrow <laughs> like once you've dogs seen vomit all the time don't they? i know but when it happens the first time you shit yourself don't you dog throws up you shit yourself it's just chaos <laughs> <laughs> Dog throws up. I do. I I drop a sandy poo pack. <laughs> Can a doctor fire a patient? Is that the right terminology? Rachel says we've been fired by Doctor Weiner. I'd suggest it's the other way round. If anything, maybe that's private healthcare for you. Yeah. What they're they're technically an employee they have all the power. of the scheme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a bit mad, isn't it? Um, but yeah, Dr. Weiner obviously gets quite annoyed by this very quickly. I wouldn't have really given anyone my home landline, to be fair, if his wife's answering No, that feels like going above and beyond the uh, required effort of a, of a doctor. Give you private phone lines. Yeah, I just feel like there must be some sort of system when you're when there's a newborn and you'd be like, right, sure, I'm your doctor, but if anything happens overnight or at the weekend or, you know, out of office hours, just call this number. Yeah. It's 911 <laughs> or, you know, whatever the equivalent is, some sort of advice line. There must be some options there, right? All your bloody health insurance. Um, so she decides she wants to see another doctor. Ross says <laughs> Dr. Gettleman is dead, which considering we know he's not dead, I find it, I'm not a very um, superstitious man, Pete, but I do find the idea of saying someone's dead when they're not is well, it's a bit, a bit. It's a bit ethically dodgy at best. Well, certainly ethically dodgy. I just feel like sort of karmically, 
Imagine Dr. Gettleman did drop dead. If I was Roth, I'd be like, shit, yeah. that was, that I was did me. this. Yeah. I've put that energy into the world. And as I say, I don't believe in any of that stuff, but oof, wouldn't be saying, oh, I think Dr. Gettleman's dead. Turns out he's not dead at all, is he, P? And Ross is still seeing Dr. Gettleman. And I don't think we have enough time on this podcast to dig into the psychology of why Ross still sees his pediatrician. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's very, Ross sort of thing to to do and then to try and style it out when he's rumbled but yeah, yeah. there's all sorts going on there isn't there yeah I mean it is fucking weird is basically what it is and you know we've only seen two instances of him being at the paediatrician and both were fucking embarrassing and awful so I can only imagine the rest of his experiences are, are fairly similar you know well, and this one ends with him sort of approaching what he hopes is a child whose parent isn't nearby. Turns out it's actually the son of the woman he's been flirting with. And then um, uh, or, or he goes back to the apartment and, and makes some comment about, oh, somebody was uh, scaring people in the uh, doctor. No, you were yeah. being, you were approaching random children. Yeah, I mean, let's just say that that kid wasn't, the son of the woman he was flirting with. What did he expect to happen? Mm, that it was that couldn't just have ended a, well, could it? Just a wandering orphan that hopefully didn't have any parents in the in the waiting room. Like, chances are that kid's parents are pretty close by, right? Whether it's her or not. Like, I think that was going to end badly either way. He has not thought that through. And I just think he could have styled it out, right? She comes out, she goes, Rossi, we're ready for you. Easy, right? Just say to the woman you're flirting with, you know, my child's at school, just picking up some medicine for him. You know, something like that. Ross has a child. My child's with his mother and her lesbian wife. Why did I say and lesbian wife? That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just always feel like Ross's punchline is to use the word lesbian. Yeah, and I just inserted it, it completely times. erroneously there when I could have just said wife. Well, I also think as well that there's a couple of occasions in Friends where Ross sort of misjudges situations and end up and ends up looking like a criminal. Like there's the, in the Unagi episode, where he's like, "How would I essentially? How would I attack a woman?" Is what he yes. ends up kind of asking, isn't it? And then here he's basically trying to style something out by approaching children. Yeah, and and when he's um, trying to retrieve his salmon shirt from Mona's apartment, he is effectively yes, breaking, right. yeah. breaking, entering, and uh, what's the word? Voyeur, being a voyeur to yeah. his ex-girlfriend and her new date. Like that yeah, is his boundaries criminal are at best. fucking wild, aren't they, actually? Yeah, if he'd have been arrested every time he'd been in a situation like that, his rap sheet would read pretty fucking terrifyingly. Oh, he'd he, be on several registers, wouldn't he? <laughs> he's a pervert, he's an assaulter, and he approaches children in a paediatrician's office. That guy would be in jail. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. 
With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. At one point in my notes, I literally just wrote Sandy Poopak with no, <laughs> with no further, with no further sentence around it. I just wrote Sandy Poopak. That's what you need to do sometimes, Pete. Sometimes it'll That's just uh, provide a little moment on a podcast like this. So we're on to the dates, the double date, the Joey, Phoebe, Mary Ellen and Mike date. And as has been pointed out, first appearance of Mike Hannigan. This is a big moment, to be fair, isn't it? It is. I was very happy when I realised we were about to see the appearance of Mike. Yeah, and I do love that as a story, as their background, Phoebe and Mike. You know, this is ultimately Phoebe's love of her life. Like, And the way she met him was picked by Joey walking into a coffee house and shouting, Mike, and hoping for the fucking best. And it's a real lesson in life that sometimes the best way to make friends is just to wander into a room, pick a name and shout it and see what happens. I also got a lot of time for Mary Allen. I think she's a great minor character in this episode. The fact that she's sort of just sat there chilling with her various cocktails, making quite sort of cutting contributions to this nightmare double yeah. date that's going on. Uh, the way that she just went, that bit where Phoebe's like, she says how loose, how loose she is. <laughs> and she objects and then goes, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, yeah I exactly. Think she's really good. She's really sort of quite so passive in this episode, but actually really funny. Yeah, I think she'd be great fun to have a drink with at the pub, wouldn't she? And also, perfect for Joey. Uh, Phoebe's really put in the research here. She's come yeah. through for Joey, like she says. Um, although most of the attributes she describes are just hot and likes a threesome. <laughs> so, which, <laughs> yeah. to be fair, is probably most of Joey's requirements in a woman. Exactly, the crucial requirements of Joey in a relationship, you'd imagine, yeah. would be those things. He's not the deepest of gentlemen, is he? And this all starts because Joey says he wants to settle down. That doesn't last mm. very long, does it? No, not at all. Um, and the only requirement, apart from the threesome hot thing, seems to be that she doesn't have a funny name, which is uh, most of Phoebe's other friends. But yeah, I think Mary Ellen gets a, gets a bad time here. And to be fair, Mike takes a lot of the attention away from her. Like, as double dates go, I don't think Phoebe's tried to include her friend as much as she could have done from the start. No, <laughs> She just sort true. of sits down and goes, so, Mike, tell me about you and Joey. And it just feels a bit like a... Uh, I'm trying to think if I've ever been on an actual double date, because... I've never been on a double date. No, I, I mean, like, when you're at school, have you go on, like, a double date in inverted commas where you just go to the cinema with three other people, you know? But... 
I'm not sure. Like, how would an actual double date in real grown-up life work? Because what I would have thought should have happened was Phoebe should have just started talking to Mike, right? And Joey shouldn't have really been involved in that conversation. He should be talking to Mary Ellen, and they should be like having a nice time and then maybe a little group conversation emerges you know well yeah and this this sort of example of dating just seems so chaotic and nightmarish doesn't it yeah 100 percent. also do you know what i realized this is phoebe's first like actual boyfriend serious since gary gary off of shooting gary bird. the bird murderer yeah like that's a long fucking time ago Oh, she's she's due a good one and gladly not uh, not to shame Phoebe's single life I'm I'm hardly one to to shame someone for that but in the world of uh, we get it Dave you're a player (laughs) 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 why are you such a prick sometimes (laughs) (laughs) care to answer that would you Peter sorry sorry um can we talk about Joey's phone book in which he only writes women's names, apparently, even though he does like clearly have some male friends. I feel like his sole purpose for that phone book must be for, you know, booty calling women because um, he does not seem like the organized person who would have like friends and colleagues in an address book. No, but he's looking through it like he thinks that is his full phone book. Do you know what oh, I mean? yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He's not looking through it as if this is my little black book with just women's numbers in it. Um, I mean, the idea that there is just an actual book with phone numbers in it anymore is absurd to us, obviously, in 2020. What is it? Three. Um, but <laughs> Yes, that is the year, Dave. <laughs> it's hard to keep up, Peter. It's hard to keep up. But he he does seem to get it out as if that's his full sort of, um, you know, contact list and would include, say, his dad, you know, and like his male friends and anyone like that. But he doesn't seem to even bother to have Ross's number, for example. We talk about how Mike gave up a law practice to play the piano. What the fuck are you playing at, mate? I also love his uh, his miming of playing the piano at the end of this episode. Oh, well, Pete, I don't want to wanna technique shame, Mike, but those are some flat fingers. That is not good <laughs> piano playing. Is, what, what's the opposite <laughs> of flat fingers? Like so, imagine you're imagine you put your hands on a piano, right? Flat, your fingers flat. Yeah. It should be sort of curved, so the sort of like the tip of your fingers playing the note, and then your finger is like has a nice arch to it. Dave Cribb's arched fingers. Does <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm single? What? Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to make that joke, but it just it was just there. Um. Somebody actually sent me that gif this week of Mike playing the piano. Apropos, like, w- without this episode, apropos of nothing. And then they followed it up by sort of saying, I imagine you get sent this gif all the time. I was like, I don't, but you're absolutely right. Why the fuck don't I? Why don't people send me that gif all the time? That is, that is a peak me gif, friends plus piano. I'm just ve- very surprised that I don't, I haven't received it more. Maybe I need to introduce it into my sort of gif-based rotation myself. Uh, anyway, going back to Mike giving up law to, to play the piano, I mean, that is going to be one fucking hell of a lifestyle come down for him. Let me tell you that for free, Michael. The money that you would have made as a lawyer and the money you will earn as a piano player are not compatible. And I hope you're happy to live a sort of, what's the word, modest life with your new career. 
Are you telling me that you're not earning the big books as um, big books? <laughs> you're not earning the big books, Dave. The big books. The big bucks is what I was going bucks. for. Yes, no, I did. Well, no, because I'm, I'm not a professional piano player in the sense that that's my entire job, you know? Yes, okay, fair. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of, it's a thing I do on the side and I really enjoy doing. But I imagine if I did that every night of the week, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, um, certainly wouldn't come close to the amount of money people I know that are lawyers earn, you know? And your fingers would be so weary after all that curved piano playing. <laughs> the piano isn't curved. For, no, uh, for clarity. The, the piano is, is straight. You're, anyway. <laughs> um, do you know what I find weird about this plot is why Phoebe's so annoyed at Mike? Yeah, yeah. Or she does soften to him, though, doesn't she? Like, as soon as he sees her in Central Perk and he's like, ah, oh, can we talk? And she's like, yeah, okay. But then she says, oh, why did you, why did you go along with it, Didn't, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's not really done anything wrong. Clearly, like, what he would have been offered was dinner for free, uh, play along, and you might meet someone you like. And that feels like a good enough risk for most people. Well, particularly if you're just right? out of a long-term relationship and you're up for meeting new people. I mean, it is a bold thing to do, to be fair. If a stranger came up to you in a coffee shop and said, do you want to come for dinner with a single person immediately now that you might want to get together with? Like, yeah, I'd have to be in the right proper fucking mood to do it, you know? It does take uh, a lot of confidence to do that, doesn't it? To be fair to Mike, though, he was destined to fit in uh, with this group because the way he tracked Phoebe down... Uh, was just sitting in Central Perk for a bit because he knew she'd come in. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, that will it, only work in a very specific well, yeah. group of friends. Exactly. Um, and then Phoebe and Mike arrange a date, and um, you know, the rest, as they say, Peter, is history. Time for the quiz, 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 quiz. Um. I made the decision uh, last week to uh, just keep the quiz just general knowledge this week, and so I've I've got some questions here. Uh, I'm now going to ask you. Okay. Uh, uh, one second. <laughs> Just a quiz, a quiz segment more than a sort of friends relevant quiz. Is that what you've gone for? Uh, well, it's largely because I forgot to. Well, I think both of us forgot to even inquire as to whether there was a quiz this week. Well, I'll let you start your quiz and see how it sort of shapes up first. But then I might actually have something. What's the capital of Finland? Helsinki. It's correct. Well done. Uh, <laughs> question two what's the name of Bridget Jones's baby in the third Bridget Jones film oh fucking no uh, Tom William Tom Jones no. um, at the time of writing which uh, I prepared this quiz in April 2023 <laughs> how many episodes of The Simpsons are there oh fucking Nora uh 30 times 24, 3, 2, 5, 5,245. 5, 7, oh no, I've done the math too big there. Five, <laughs> I meant 500 and yeah. 
Yeah, I've added a zero by mistake. Uh, big question for Friends fans this. In which decade was Madonna born? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm so bad at this because I never know what actual decade it is. I still think it's the 90s. Where, uh, six. What, the she was born? Oh, right. 60s. Uh, she was born in 1958. Ah, oh, close. And finally, I actually think this is a, a quiz question that's of interest to Dave Cribb. Yep. Or Dave Crisp, as we always call him, because he <laughs> bloody loves his crisps. Go on. Uh, what's the most. Wait. What's the most sold flavour of Walker's crisps? I think this is a great question. Oh, it's going to be ready salted, isn't it? No. Oh, I'm thrilled. Cheese and that. onion. I was going, I was going, oh, that's from... Okay, uh, this is not ready salted. Thank you to our good friends at Cosmopolitan Magazine for supplying that general knowledge quiz. You'd be pleased to know, P, that when I looked at the spreadsheet, because I did for once to find the episode, I saw there was no quiz available, so I wrote a quiz for this episode. <gasps> did you actually? I fucking did, Why didn't did, you yeah. stop me before I just read out that bullshit quiz? We've just been here for five thought... minutes listening to that nonsense. I thought it would be fun to see what you pulled out of your arsehole. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Uh, the first one, you'll get at least one of the two. What are the names of two of Phoebe's two funny Sandy types? Sandy back. And Lana Titweiler. Lana Titweiler. Lana. Yes, I'll give you that. Uh, what are the f- the names of the restaurants Chandler finds jobs for in Tulsa? Uh, go so cheesy. Yep, there are three in total. Uh ah, oh, what's the main the main one? The main joke is about. One called oh, I can't remember. Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens. And the third one is Whole Hog. I actually did this question at the live quiz last week, and a lot of people got those two. One team got Whole Hog, so big shout out to them because that's a fucking impressive get when you haven't just watched the episode. Mm. Uh, what's the name of the terrible restaurant head headhunter? H- Helen- Helena. Nancy. Oh. <laughs> Nancy Pete. Same name as Monica and Chandler's. Uh, nanny? Realtor. Oh. Why would they have a nanny that I have? Why would they have a nanny without children? Yeah, it'd be weird, wouldn't it? This podcast is not my finest hour, I think. It's <laughs> <laughs> what does it say on Ross's pyjama t-shirt? Uh, is there something about firefights? No, it's Joey who's no, wearing a firefight. That's Joey. You're quite right. It's similar, though. Ross is literally just says, New York City. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's like a very touristy thing for Ross to be wearing. And finally, what's the name of the place where Joey and Phoebe have their dates? You'll never get this, but you should get it. Uh, I don't know. Go on. What would you call a restaurant? Uh, what would I call a restaurant? Yeah. Pete, Pete's. 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 Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Pete's Tavern, but I'll give you Pete's. Okay, good. Um, not bad. Not bad, Peter. What's next week's episode, please? Next week's episode is uh, Season 6, Episode 13, the one with Rachel's sister. And Mark, if you're listening to this, you promised us a quiz and you are yet to send it. So Send us the quiz, Mark. Send us the quiz. And we'll see you next week. Bye, Mark. Bye. And bye to everybody else, not just to Mark. Thank you. 
traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.